I am Bams, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen misunderstood emo Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. And hi, I'm Super Cookie. I am playing Coco. Coco and Missy had just left the mall to meet up with Calvin to get out of here and go to ground for a little bit. And you had just finished with Summer before making the statement that you need to go and record a podcast and I presume figure out who knows what. Yes. So... Art is already thinking about the crank podcast episode he's going to record about how some rich bitch shows up to a crime mall looking to score drugs and ends up getting got by a pack of feral dogs. And there's something about a chupacabra in there and uh, globalists. Globalists always plays well with the podcast base. But then he remembers that he can catch this on video because he's got the whole mall wired. And because he's got the mall wired, he can see the moment at which Carol's life ends again. Because that is going to be valuable footage and footage that later will need to be removed. So Art will make a note that he is going to talk to Jimmy's herd in a bit. But that he also needs to go ahead and run that tape so he can see what happened. So the camera follows you as you walk through the mall into your haven, down into your little setup where you have your computers, your monitors, and all of the rest of the stuff that you have set up down here that, that allows you to monitor your little slice of this domain, this crime mall. You go all the way back to right before you were the smart, uh, right before you watched it earlier. Mm-hmm. So you see Jimmy leave, and he goes off to somewhere. I don't remember if he told you where he was going. No. No, as I recall, Jimmy didn't even say he was going anywhere because they were leaving Jimmy with Coco. And I'm not going to say Coco with Jimmy because let's be honest, we were living, leaving Jimmy with Coco and then Jimmy just fucked off. Yeah, I mean, she's in the mall. That's fine. It would be easy to for her to take care of it, right? Right. You will see Jimmy talk to some of his people, just as he normally does. You will see him then leave the mall. And a short while later, you will see an infamous black SUV pull up and see Carol get out. And you will see her run into Coco, who is roaming around the outside of the mall, just kind of looking at it. It's one of those things, right? I am not allowed to cross the street, but I'm going to run away from the home. So you go around the block a couple of times. They have a small conversation out there. And after a minute or two there, they come inside and they have a little sit down at the Forever 21. They have a conversation. Carol's on her phone a couple of times. And a little bit of time will pass. You will see a police car pull up outside. And out will step two people, a police officer and Summer. They will walk into the mall and they will meet with Coco and Carol at the food court. They all sit down. They have a quick conversation. And then the police officer takes out a small bag, puts something over top of Coco's leg where the tracking bracelet is, pull it off, and then put it onto Summer's leg. He'll then have a little quick conversation. And then he leaves. They go back to the Forever 21, and a short while later, you see Jimmy entering the mall. However, behind Jimmy, you see a young girl, 17, 18, maybe a little bit older than Missy. She has long white hair with a single bang over one of her eyes that is brown. She is wearing 
rough-and-tumble street clothes. The striking feature you will notice is that the jacket that she is wearing is a leather biker jacket. It is missing one of its sleeves. It looks like it has been ripped off and not in the artistic kind of way, more like in the brutality kind of way. A few patches are on it, and a big one on the back says Immortals. Follows Jimmy into the mall, where he stops and talks to one of the watchmen, who then points him in the direction of the Forever 21, where Carol and Coco are. They walk down there, and Jimmy seems to be moving a little nervously. You will notice that Jimmy doesn't look like he knows that this woman is here following him. The person that he was talking to, one of the watchmen, doesn't look like he knows that this person is there. You can assume that she is obfuscated. They're in there for a moment in the Forever 21 having a conversation. And then they come out, and Jimmy is kind of leading Carol by the hand, hurriedly going to the end cap store, and they begin cutting through what's left of clothing displays and jewelry counters and everything that is in there. And this girl that is following them that you can assume is Feeple is seeming to enjoy jumping up on the counters and walking along top of them as she follows them, keeping pace with them, never really letting them get out of immediate sight. Outside, you will see the black SUV that Carol arrived in pull around in front. You'll see Jimmy run up to it, grab the back passenger side, pull open the door, and as the door opens, Sveeple puts her hand, which has grown into large monstrous claws, how Coco's currently are, and you see her put it right through Carol's chest. Take her other hand, grab onto her hair, and just pull, separating her head from her body around her neck, and throws the head into the air, which begins to turn to ash before it hits the ground. They stand there for a, a heartbeat, if your heart still beat. Jimmy jumps into the car, and you see the car shake a little bit as there are two bodies inside struggling. Coco and Sveeple have a brief conversation while this is happening, and then Jimmy comes out, says something, gets into the car, and drives off. Coco and Sveeple walk back through the mall, walk back to the Forever 21 for a moment, and then they leave the mall. Of all the things to kill the harpy, I did not expect an invisible dog to do it. If I'd have known it would have been that easy, it would have staked her nights ago. Is there anything you would like to know about the recordings? How often have I seen an Immortals MC jacket around the mall? Never. However, a quick Googling will put them right in that area where you had received a conspicuous report about some increased violence and gang activity. Did I catch the officer's name on his tag, like his, on his uniform tag? You could definitely have enough information on him that if you were to see him again, you would recognize him. Fabulous. So throughout this entire recording, I saw that Carol was on her phone several times. Where did that phone end up? Coco has it. Because she gathered up a bunch of her stuff. Yeah, you would see where they dumped it. I will have to go retrieve that immediately. A few minutes and a little dumpster diving later, you have... A very important cell phone and some other personal effects. It's time to work the Nosferatu magic. We're going to clone all the data off that phone, going to get the address book, uh, going to check and see if there have been any calls that have been made to this phone that have gone unanswered between now and time of death, and see what other interesting communications are in there. Uh, Art's going to have to come up with a story, and he's got the beginnings of one. 
rolling back through it, you will notice that you have gotten a couple of different text messages that have just been sitting here unread. And as you look at them, you can check out the timestamps from when they were sent in, compare it versus your cameras, and you will see that they have all come in shortly after the murder. Of the handful of them, they don't seem to have any direct identifying features to them. They have some kind of code word for the identification name. But looking through, you can tell that these are most likely some of Carol's ghouls that when she died, that blood bond snapped, and then they felt something weird, so they reached out to her. You can look through it a little bit more back before she died, and you can see that she sent off a message to someone that references doing a favor for them, and they are quickly and enthusiastically agreeing to be there as soon as they can. There are two specific numbers there that around the same time. One of them, you can assume, is the police officer. The other is probably Summer. They are probably both were her ghouls. Flicking through it, you can see some more just nonsense names, not like people's actual names, but just same last names. And as you look, you recognize some phone numbers for some Nosferatu that you know. And there are a couple like Gene, Steve, Rob, Ben, just generic names, same last name. And of the ones that you recognize, particularly of the Nosferatu variety, you realize that this is a bunch of their contact numbers that the Harpy would have. There are a couple of different groups of these. Take you a little bit of time to mess around with and search through the data, but you have phone numbers for almost every kindred in the city. <laughs> Granted, most of these phones, as you would probably know, are likely burner phones, but as time goes on, they will become invalid in different ways. You can look and see some of her, her last text messages right up before she was killed were to her, her goon that was like, bring the car around to the uh, the end cap store where you're going to pick up and get out of here. So you have that phone for that bodyguard, and there's two other people with the same last name who that you can assume are ghouls of hers that are of the big meathead variety. One is Alex and the other is Louise or Lewis, I guess would be the, what other terrible information would you like to rip from her phone besides some of her, a bank account on air? It's not a, a super flush one as she is likely to have, but it is still there. Yeah, that will go in the back pocket for later. Uh, let's see, what else do I want on top of this terrible phone? Most of the messages that are wondering whether or not something bad has happened sound a little panicked. One of them even sounds really angry at, like, what the fuck have you done? Stuff along those lines. Oh, who's who's that one? The last name on it is Kent, and there is a first name of L. There's no full name there. I will have to make some calls later. Speaking of calls, Art is going to have to page a pager with a callback number for a burner number that Jimmy might know if he paid attention. That's easy enough to send out. Hard to tell when he will get back to you, but Jimmy's usually pretty good about getting back to you in one way or another. Yes. Well, while that's going on, I think it's time to have a chat with some of the herd that he was talking to when Sveeple was kind of just chilling there. The other thing that Art is going to do is that he is going to have his security systems basically live stream it to his phone. And he's going to watch the area as he's talking with these folks, just in case. Because that, that old Nosferatu paranoia has just hit that fever pitch. And this is the cheapest and easiest way he's got right now until he can get his hands on a pair of like night vision goggles to see the unseen. 
Uh, you catch up to Nick, the head watchman, as it were, for the mall here. He confirms a lot of the questions that you ask him. Do you tell him about using the cameras to spot unseen things on the phones? Not at this time, because that is kind of outing stuff. Yeah. I do think you would know from conversations with Jimmy is that Nick knows that something is sort of up, but doesn't have specifics. But Jimmy was largely nervous, but didn't really say why. Yeah, it was weird. He was he was a little off his game, but I figured maybe something happened on his way out. He found out something that he didn't want to. But when he found out Carol was here, he was immediately looking for where she was. And uh, after they left, he never came back? I haven't seen or heard from him, which is a little weird, but, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge. Well, it should otherwise be a quiet evening, although tomorrow it will not be, more than likely. Expect many visitors of Jimmy's persuasion at the mine. You want us to clear it out? That may be best. Yeah, we'll make sure there's no business being done here tomorrow night, and we'll get everybody out of here. It would be best, yes, thank you. Do you want us here? Because we know we got your backs. You do. However, I do not know if it would be a good idea for you to be here either, given the nature of the business that will be discussed. All right, you know, we can... We'll be gone. We'll be... He mentions a bar that's like two blocks down the street. We'll be down there hanging out, having some drinks in case you guys need something. Just give us a call. Good. You still have this number? And he'll rattle off the... uh phone number you're like yeah no that that one's still good good I will call you when there is all clear alright I'm gonna go uh, he picks up his phone he starts texting I'm gonna go let the guys know excellent now to make another difficult call or two there are two names on Art's contact list that he doesn't want to call, but he needs to, especially when something like this has happened. Oh, boy. The first one is Raven. Oh, boy. Is this a call or a set of text messages? This would be a call. If he is calling, there is a specific like number he'll call, and he told us, like, if this rings, this is serious shit. It's got the serious shit ringtone and everything. Just like DEFCON 5 klaxons going off? Pretty much, yeah. Do you want to call her first, or do you want to call your other person first? Let's call her first. It'll ring twice, three times, then you'll hear some scrambling as she... You hear her voice in there, it's like, what the fuck, that was loud. Hello? Yes, there is a reason it is that loud. It's art. I mean, I don't know if I would call it art, but like, all right, what's up? I need you to promise first you're not going to panic. Hold on. You can hear the muffled sound as she has put her hand over the receiver. And then a couple of seconds later, you will hear the hand come off and a little bit of the sounds of the street life around it. All right, well can't make any real promises, but I'll do my best. Good. Before I say what I'm about to say, I have a question. Where is the sheriff right now? Do you know? No, but I can get a hold of him. Hold off on that until I say this. The harpy is dead. It is a loud scream. Like, a loud, frustrated scream for a second. And then she goes away. I'm sorry, what? Carol had her heart ripped out and her head ripped off about hours ago. There is the sound of a metal trash can that goes flying through the air and lands in an alleyway. All right. Is this your fault? No, this is a Sabat fault. Fuck, fuck. And you can just hear her boots against the pavement outside as she begins to pace back and forth. 
right, we had heard some things in the city that were a little, you know, a little sus, but now like this is confirmed. Like, you know, this for realties. Yes, I know this for actual factuals. It is Sabat. It is a gangrel Sabat in particular. Somebody you might have heard about at the last Elysium. Wait, do you mean the camera sees the little split screen of Art on one side, Raven on the other? The split screen pushes Art out for a second as she goes into her purse, pulls out another phone, and hits a Find My Phone app on it that is keyed into Coco's tracking anklet. Which is still in the Forever 21. She comes back on to talk to you. So are we think this is connected to our other our other little problem from the other night? Yes, I am almost certain of it. There is a sequence of events that is going to be very difficult to recount because it puts the domain in a fairly bad light. But the short version is she could move unseen. She stalked Carol. And as she was getting into her vehicle to leave after speaking with her blood-bound boy, the wolf ripped her heart out. Fuck. She was kind of a bitch, but fuck. Yes, she was kind of bitch, but this is her own fault. She is the one who called these uh, sabat here. I feel like there's some other second bombshell you're about to drop on me, and I'm going to remind you of my family history, insinuating that she is Bruja, and they tend to have anger management issues. Carol contracted Jimmy to retrieve a certain item and release a certain person who happens to be associated with the wolf that we are hunting now. I have potential location of where the wolf is. The other one I am still tracking because he got away. There's another yell of frustration, and you hear the sound of a dumpster being shoved down an alleyway. All right, I got I got to call the big guy. Um. Yes, you do. I have to make a call directly to the prince about this same thing. Oh, she is not going to be happy at all. She is not, no. But I may have something to calm her down a bit. I I want you to know, you are the first person I called about this. I don't know if I should feel good about that, because now I'm a co-conspirator, but I get it. All right, what what do you want me to do? Let Sheriff know he is likely being tracked by Sabat. Keep your own head on swivel. They may be tracking you as well. That phone you have, the the thing that I was teaching you with the blood, she can do it too, but phone camera can see her if you cannot sense her. Yeah, I think I got an idea that might help with that. You give a you have a description or a picture or something you can send me? Uh yeah, yes, yes, one 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 second, one second. And Art has captured a still of Sveeple and will send that over to Raven's phone. Moment will go by and you'll hear a a text message receive sound. And you'll hear the first couple of notes of that before she cuts it off and then opens it up and then she looks at it for a second. What is the picture that you have sent her? Is it just those people? Is it cropped inside the mall, outside the mall? Is Jimmy in it? Is Carol in it? It's cropped outside the mall and it would be the best facial shot that he's got of her just before she rips Carol's heart out of her chest. She's looking at it for a minute. It's like, yeah, uh, I can, I guess I don't know. It was there. Is there a breach that we need to worry about in addition to all of this? 
No, there is no breach at this time. Where it happened is in the domain where not a lot of people tend to go, and those who do tend to go already know about us. This is mostly internal. She takes a deep breath. You know that Raven enjoys using the blush of life most times. She likes to go out, hit up clubs, have a drink, you know, smoke, and just helps her fit in a little bit more. So her sigh is an actual sigh of somewhat normalcy, almost the human sigh, rather than how sometimes kindred do it out of, like, forced spite almost. Like, ugh. They take that extra effort to do it. All right, I'm going to call the big guy and see what's next. Uh, do you have a line to the boss lady, or are you... What, you said you were going to get in contact there. What's your plan there? Yes, I have a line to the boss. And I will just send that message directly. All right. Uh, hit me up with a message of some kind before you go to ground so that I know that stuff has been taken care of. Yes, I will send you text message once everything is prepared and I'm ready to hide for a bit. Okay. Um, fuck, I should put those back. All right. Uh, I will. I'll be in touch. Don't uh, don't get killed. <laughs> I'll try. It's like no, I, I mean it. You. I still owe you. I got to get that cleaned up before we even talk about what this is going to be. Yes, you and I we will chat. All right. Uh, good luck. Yes, I think I will need it. And then she will hang up and begin making certain phone calls. And as those phone calls are happening, Art will hang up his phone, and he's going to look at Carol's phone in his other hand. Oh. That's the line you're talking about. Yep. It may take you a couple of minutes to figure out which one of these is the prince, but you just going to give it a call? Yep. You place the call, and it begins to ring, and you will hear a, I would say young, because every, almost everybody is young to you, but a, a mid-twenties-ish sounding man answer the phone and will say, Philip's office, how can I help you? I bring ill tidings to the prince of the city regarding the harpy. Um, one moment, please. Thank you. A moment will go by before you hear click of the phone being picked up and you will hear the prince's voice come through. And say, who am I speaking to? Your Excellency, we spoke at Elysium. I am Arthur Sobchek. I am the one who is responsible for Coco, the new gangrel vampire who is sired by a gangrel of the Sabbat. I bring news of your harpy. She is dead, killed by this same Sabbath vampire. You hear the sound of a pen snapping. You have evidence of this, then? I do. Is the one under your accounting responsible? She is not. Although it seems the Sabbath was drawn to this same location where her ankle bracelet is as was the harpy. You hear a drawer open, a little bit of rooting, and then you will hear the sounds of pen scratching paper. I see. So within your domain, there was a brutal murder, a vicious attack, and what has been done about it? I have taken the video evidence and I have disseminated an image of the assassin to your deputies who are calling the sheriff as we speak. I have a probable location to hunt 
this about vampire. And I have ensured that anyone who knew the harpy was here has since forgotten, for obvious reasons. The next steps would be, of course, after informing you of this unfortunate happenstance, is to go on the hunt. Is this the only instance of Sabat activity that you are aware of? He's got to think a moment. It is not. That is distressing. Scritch, scritch, scritch. There is another that we were tracking. It is not the gangrel, as we thought. It is another. He is doing something with the other Malkavians. It is not intentional, I think, but the Malkavian that is part of the Coterie, she and I have been tracking this other one. And it was why we both were away when this assassination occurred. I will be calling an emergency Elysium in two nights on November the 4th to have a discussion about this subject and to disseminate the information throughout the domain. Of course, Excellency. Is there any other information you feel would be within our best interest for me to know right now? He hesitates for another long moment. Then he decides, in for a penny, in for a pound. The issue with the Sabbat also uncovered a certain journal regarding your progenitor. I have it in our possession, and I wish to hand it over to you directly, preferably before the Elysium that you call, if that is all right with you. I will send you an address, and I will meet you there in two hours. It will be done. If there is nothing else, Mr. Subcheck. I have taken entirely too much of your time, and I apologize for the ill tidings. You'll be happy to know that the Domain appreciates your efforts this evening. Thank you. And she will hang up and begin doing some stuff for the next two hours or so before she meets with you. Okay. Finally getting rid of that damn book. Anything you want to do, or you just want to fast forward? Um, he's probably going to record like a video, Last Will and Testament, because it feels like it's kind of that heavy right now. But after that, we can fast forward. Sure, you record a quick little. I don't know. Oh no, you actually have money and stuff, unlike some people. Yeah, no, Coco had it right. I am the vampire daddy of the coterie. <laughs> But you will drive the Ricky Mobile and you will come to a warehouse. The big roll up doors are open and you can see lights on from inside. So he's the paranoid sort, of course. I think when he gets close, decently close to the warehouse, he's going to pull off and go full three-tier subterfuge obfuscate invisible to the eye and to the cameras. And that's how he will enter. You enter the warehouse and you will see that it is very open. There are two vehicles in here. One is a nice luxury sedan. The other one is a much more functional like pickup truck with a hardback on the top of it. There is a table and some chairs that have been put out here. Simple stuff. Folding chairs pop up real quick. And you will see the sheriff is here and Raven is here. In addition to the prince and four of her goons. Raven, the sheriff, and the prince are all leaning over this table, which at what point do you become visible? Uh, you know, I'll give it a tick or two to see if they're saying anything before I'll shimmer into being a respectful distance away. As you approach the opening and give it a little peek inside and see these people, you will see one of the prince's goons has a handheld camcorder 
and seems to just be sweeping back and forth with it. Wise, wise. Although with the sheriff there. Hmm. Well, in for a pound and for a ruble, I guess. Well, you just have the option to drop your obfuscate outside and then. Yes, and that is that is what Art will do, is he'll drop the obfuscate and then he will enter warily. The goons will see you almost immediately from coming in. You can see them reach for some presumably kind of weapon underneath their coat jackets as they look around, see that it's you, draws the attention of the, the other three, and they look up and they kind of wave to have the guy stand down. Once the rigmarole is complete and the proper rituals of tradecraft are observed, including the quick uh, showing of the phone and then turning on the camera and kind of looking behind him, because he will approach with a manila envelope that is suspiciously journal-sized in one hand. As you approach, the sheriff crosses his arms and just looks real mad. Raven has a kind of relaxed look. Her purse is on the table. Uh, You can see various electronics hanging out inside of it, including what looks like a little drone. She looks happy to see you in that way of like, oh, good, you haven't been murdered yet. I will return the yes, I'm, I'm glad to be unalive look since, you know, I'm actually visible. The prince will greet you. Uh, Mr. Sobchak, so good of you to join us on such short notice. With so formal a summoning, how could I not? You'll hear a big cha-cha-cha-cha-chunk as the door begins to shut behind you, the big rolling door coming down. Well, I could probably get into one of the cars and drive through it before I get a bat through the chest, so I still like my chances. Let's go. With your awareness roll that you looked around with, you do not see a baseball bat at hand, so that's good. It is. It, it really is. You will also see that they have a map of the city laid out, and they are circling and making notations on it. Art will take a quick look at the map. doesn't want to get too obvious about it, because he is kind of here to soak up the information, and then, of course, hand over this book and potentially implicate Carol in the release of Cheshire and the summoning of Sweeple. Once I'm fully acknowledged, um, I will pass the envelope over. She will take the envelope and without opening it, hand it to her closest goon, opens up his jacket and sticks it in there and then closes that up. After handing off the envelope, she motions to the map You said that this happened in your domain. It did. She motions towards the map for you to presumably mark it. It'll mark that it it happened at the crime mall at the uh, parking lot. You will see while you are looking at it that there are a few other marks already on this. One of which you may recognize as that hotel that you brutally murdered that poor guy in. You mean that Sveeple murdered that poor guy in? It is that mall. It is that hotel, yeah. Yeah, that is that hotel. So whatever that means to Art, that is marked on this map. Welp. Uh, There are a couple of other places marked on here, but that one is something that you would know. It's got like a little dot on it, and it's got the name of the hotel written over top of the little dot. Yeah, uh, Art's not going to say anything. He will look at that as he looks at the other dots to see uh, how they how they play against what uh, he knows of Cheshire's movements and potentially of what he's been able to research of Sveeple before coming over here. And the sheriff will just uncross his arms and point to some of the places on the map and says there was a person was ripped inside out pointing to the hotel that you're aware of. I have reports of a car fire, and he points to another area of what may have been Carol's vehicle with what you're telling me, which you would know 
Jimmy was driving. He'll point down into the area where you were told about the gang violence. There's been a lot of shootings and things in this area. Art is going to point to that area. This is the area I believe this gangrel is hiding in. Raven pops out her phone that you sent her the picture on. Did it have the jacket visible on that picture? Yes, the jacket would have been visible on the picture. She holds it to them. They don't really get technology, but she points specifically to the jacket. That motorcycle club, they operate in that area. It's very possible that she came in and killed whoever was in charge and then has been running it. Yes, the jacket is a little wasteland chic, but it does make sense that the arm would be ripped off if she ripped the arm off the person who was wearing it. Raven nods at him and like, eh, seems their style. Say, like, alright, so we have a, we have a place, now we just need, need a plan. The prince speaks up. I intend to enlist aid at Elysium. We'll spend tomorrow night disseminating this information, have people on the lookout for instances and occurrences, having them fortify their areas and letting them know we'll have everyone come together and then we'll start to collect other evidence. Art, were you in this city like 50 years ago? No. 50 years ago, he still would have been in East Germany and Czechoslovakia. He's probably been within Springfield maybe last 15, 20 years at most. The sheriff speaks up and says, 50 years ago, there was a spot pack that came through this city. It's where the one that has been freed came from. There were five of them. We've only heard reports of two, which leads us to think that the other three might either be in the city and we've got way bigger problems than what we were thought of, or they're not here yet. Well, we Haitian of one, the other one is somehow linked with that mental wavelength. He's going to circle around the area of the high school. Uh, and then he's going to do a wider area, which includes the hospital that they were investigating. I can't get in trouble with the Baron if I was sanctioned by the Camarilla. The prince will ask, how is it you know this? Or what were your sources? As I said, it was the um, uh, mischief, the Malkavian, that is in the Coterie. She has visions. And I believe many Malkavians have these same visions. It is something of, of, of a, a particular interest of mine over the past decade or so for obvious reasons now. I have interpreted some of her visions to include uh, the birthing of a group of Malkavians, Sabbath Malkavians. It has not happened yet, we think, but soon. And there was another one where she saw the sign of, of a, a hospital. And this, this Malkavian trying to chase a vision which may only be you, Sheriff, but a fish with sideburns, I believe is what Mischief said. But we feel if there is any location that a Malkavian would want to find new new kind to turn a mental health facility would be the first place to go would it not raven will chime with like well it makes sense right like you know stick with what you know right sheriff looks a little grumpy about it this malkavian's got beef with me personally well that makes sense actually put him in the fucking freezer 50 years ago. Was it not 50 years ago you also had this issue with uh, ravenous kindred all over the city? Yeah, no, it's the same pack. Yes, well, if he has been in stasis 
in in this in the in the cooler, so to speak, for fifty years, it makes sense that his strategy would not have changed. He has been stopped in time. The prince turns to the sheriff and asks, "Why wasn't I told about this?" And he will return with, "It was your sire's orders that he be kept in a storage facility so that he could be useful at some point." And for not telling me. Also his prerogative. She looks a little bit more than irritated. Somewhere Art is searching for an eject button to get the hell out of this conversation. Raven speaks up. I've talked to the other hound. Well, I've talked to the hounds and I've talked to uh, Carol's assistants. Uh, So we should people know and they will get the information out there, but this is still not a good situation. The other thing is Carol had a bunch of ghouls, so they're going to be running around. Catherine runs her hand through her hair real quick in a uh, very human motion for somebody who's having some stressful situations. And she says, well, they will have to be rounded up. That's really all there is to it. What specifically we do with them, we will wait and we will discuss at Elysium and then see what information they know and can contribute. Meanwhile, Art's sitting here thinking, you know, I could just send a mass text for everybody to show up at a laser tag arena and take care of this, but... Hmm. Laser tag? Yeah. Or, you know, the ice skating rink or whatever the kids are into these days. One of the goons receives a message on his phone. He picks up a phone, turns away, and starts talking into it before turning back and coming over to the prince and handing it over. She says that she tells the voice on the other end to go ahead, and then she says, good, we were just speaking about them. Make sure that you keep her until tomorrow night. And then she will get off the phone and hand the phone back and return to the conversation. This fledgling that you are accounting over, she was not involved in any way? No, not to my knowledge, especially not with this. Good. I would hate to have regretted my decision. As would I. Especially when knowledge of who embraced her becomes more popular. Well, if we can get ahead of this enough, she will be dust before that news becomes public. Or at least more popular. I will give you this opportunity, Mr. Subject, in light of your service so far. Would you like to walk back your accounting of this fledgling? Your Excellency, I still believe I can mold this one into a a proper representative of the kindred and the Camarilla. I will continue to be responsible for her, because I also feel it is necessary to have her be there when this sweeple is turned to dust. Very well. The Sheriff speaks up for a moment. He says... I'm going to need more people. I know that in times past, we have had to keep some sort of balance with all of the different barons and the other leaders of this city. But right now, under this situation, at least for now, you got to give me more. The prince thinks on it for a second. Very well. Until this issue is resolved... You may have Mr. Sobchak. You may have Raven as your deputies. If there is someone else you wish to bring forward, bring them forward and we will discuss it. But Raven has served for the past few years in a very unique position and has served us well. Mr. Sobchak has done so this evening and seems to know significantly more than what we did previously. Welp. Is this agreeable to the two of you? Yes, it would be my singular honor 
to be working with you in alleviating this problem that we all share. She looks to the sheriff who nods and she says, I'll continue my work as I have been. She gives a little bow. She looks to the three of you and to her goons, nods to her goons. You hear the rolling door begin to roll up. She says, I have other business to attend to this evening. The three of you are able to reach me. If there's nothing else you have to add that needs my attention, I will be heading off to other things. Thank you, Your Excellency, for your time this evening, especially on such short notice. Thank you for your efforts so far, Mr. Subcheck. I hope that your performance continues to impress. With that, she leaves with her goons. Leaving you with Raven and the sheriff in this room to discuss some of the various things that they have learned about going on in the city that are of questionable nature. Is there anything you want to tell them or converse with them, or do you want to just get the fuck out? I mean, after the usual exchanging of burner numbers, unless the fish is like going to directly sweat art for information, he's just going to be like, I'm going to go check my notes. I will let you know if I have any more developments. Peace out, bye. Raven speaks up, saying that she is going to go with you to help you maintain the technological stuff that you had talked to her about, uh, insinuating to see the footage and that kind of thing, if that's okay with you. Uh, yes, that will be fine. So, all right, and the sheriff is like, all right then, and he begins to fold up the map and close up the table and go and get in his vehicle so that he and the two of you leave and head off into the night. Don't necessarily have to do anything with Raven unless you want to. Um, I mean, we'll do the the quick review. I think I've got doctored footage to minimize the amount of trouble that Jimmy gets in. Not too much, because Jimmy's been a dick and Art has a long memory. I mean... You just saw her follow him back and then things happen, not specifically anything he really did. Right. Um, but portions involving Coco are going to be scrubbed, such as her leaving with people. That would be a very bad thing to show. Mm-hmm. Do you tell her about the bracelet, the anklet? I will tell her that... Carol had the bracelet removed because that was on the video. It's like, well, that's certainly unusual, but you know what? And she punches you in the arm. You're, you got real power now. You're a hound, at least for now. So I guess that makes it all right, no matter what. Well, I guess after the fact, yes, but eh, it could have gone worse. Yeah, we could have both been beaten into torpor and staked. That's true. You have you have a way of, of looking on the bright side of things. Well, you know, uh Yeah, no, this is this is fucked. I know. Just wait till the other three show up. And on that dramatic statement, we will cut out. As the two of you go back, play with some electronics, and then probably go to ground for the day together. Did I catch the officer's name on his tag, like his, on his uniform tag? Just say yes and we'll fix it in post. Uh, we won't fix it in post because we'll get to editing this in like a year. And then <laughs> I'll, I will hear whether or not I gave him a name and then I will forget it. And then I'm like, ah, fuck. Uh... Hello, everybody. This is Bamps from the current as opposed to Bamps from uh, the past. I found it very appropriate. Well, I guess not appropriate. This is outtakes. So I'm not editing it anyway. Uh, but it is currently December 10th when I am editing this and checking back into my, 
my records here, we recorded this episode on February 10th, 2021. So it really was 10 months later that we were editing this, and I did remember to make mention to Oz of the detective's name that he found out later on, but I have forgotten what that is again, because I am the worst, just like I predicted 10 months ago. Just wanted to rat myself out, I guess, on my uh, my terrible bookkeeping and note-taking capabilities. Uh, more outtakes coming. And we'll send that over to Raven's phone. Moment will go by, and you'll hear a, a text message receive sound. Would she have a fun ringtone for you, do you think? I am positive that she would, knowing uh, her. You know what? It's that, uh, that like, Russian theme song. It's it's the history of the Soviet Union as, uh, to the, the theme of Tetris. Yes. Yeah. It may take you a couple of minutes to figure out which one of these is the prince, but you just got to give it a call? Yep. Trying to remember her name. Catherine Cartwright. Yeah, and you like had this whole uh I do. It's on my drive though, so it's not It's on like, the drive, yeah. So I didn't have it open because I didn't expect you to call the fucking prince. Yeah, well kind of panicked. That's fair. Panic stories make the best stories. She will take the envelope and, without opening it, hand it to her closest goon, opens up his jacket and sticks it in there, and then closes that up. For my knowledge, is this the doctored version of the book or the proper ver- or the actual book? So, before I answer that question, we never did discuss how it was altered. Uh, that Samuel Cartwright's childer, uh, Catherine Phillips, who is in front of you, should not be prince and should be sent off with a stipend to make her own way in the world was what his wishes were. And I believe that was altered in some way so that it can actually be just determined now. So I believe what would have been said and ends up would have been like sending ripples and shockwaves throughout the uh, kindred community would be that not only would the prince not be the prince, but be given the stipend and move on, but instead of a prince, it would be a council, and this would be an anarch city, and not one that has the ivory tower. Like, they would all move to the that whole recall thing that they're doing back back to the old country. Camarilla would would follow them back to Europe or something. So basically for all the Camarilla associated people to vacate, to abandon the city. Either that or or abandon the the Camarilla. It's like if they want to stay as a free city, but the Springfield being a free city is is what they would have altered that to. That's something that I think both Abishak and Art would agree with. Cool. Uh, She's obviously not going to read it right now. Right. But that is that is the copy that he would give. So the doctored forged copy that says, yes, this should be a Anarch City. Yeah, uh, Art's not going to say anything. He will look at that as he looks at the other dots to see uh, how they how they play against what uh, he knows of Cheshire's movements and potentially of what he's been able to research of Sveeple before coming over here. So behind the curtain, I have asked the the various faction folks to come up with some things that may or may not be blamed on the Sabbat. And there are some things that you have done, cough, ripping organs out of people in a morgue that have not yet come to light. Uh, also a warehouse fire. Also a warehouse fire. <laughs> Uh, so some of that stuff will come up shortly as potential evidence, but are not yet marked on this map. Okay. Because this map will make an appearance again 
shortly. Oh, fabulous. Uh, it is February 24th, 2021. Art records a podcast. Yeah. So, so he does. And at one point I thought about actually putting together a crank show and then I didn't. So insert podcast here. Well, you have like, I don't know, a year to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And even so, it's going to be a week before this episode drops, and I'm going to be scrambling to make something work. I will make sure to leave this part in when I give you the the recording, so you can be like, oh shit, I was going to do that. Fabulous, do that. This Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle is a non-official, fan-created work by the Without a Net podcast. Portions of the materials used in this actual play are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with their permission. All rights are reserved. For any further information in those regards, or maybe upcoming releases, eh? You can find them at worldofdarkness.com.